Hi, I'm Gilbert. I'm one of the pastors at Victory, and I'm the president of Every Nation Philippines. We're committed to plant churches, reach campuses, and bring the gospel to the nations. I hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Lord Jesus, help us to see you, to follow you, to trust you, to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to get that assurance today that even in the midst of difficult times, you are with us. And that's why we can take courage. I pray, Lord, for anyone here, Lord, all of us who are wrestling with whatever we're wrestling with in life, with the season of time that we're in in this world, or maybe more personal concerns, family concerns, local concerns, whatever it is, thank you, Lord, that you are near us and you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're continuing our series, Nearness. And we said last week that God, God's response to us when we go through difficult times is to be close to us, to be near us. And we're going to continue in that thread. We're reading from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 7. And it says here, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Kush and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. These verses tell us that God is telling his people, fear not. Twice we see it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you're going through because I am with you. And see, whenever we go through a difficult time, you know, it's such human nature for us to want an explanation. To want to hear, why is this happening? How do I explain this? And see, very often in our quest for looking for an explanation, we become simplistic. We offer very shallow and really not very effective explanations. One very simplistic explanation is the overly toxic positive one. God gives you everything you want. Just ask. Just attract it to yourself. Just, you know, wish for it and it will happen to you. That's not true. Not, nobody wished for this. Nobody wanted this. If we all just wanted, if this if wishing really worked, then it should be gone by now. It should be, we should have been back to normal last year pa lang. That's a simplistic explanation that doesn't work. But on the other hand, from that disappointing simplistic explanation, we swing to the other end and go to another one which just says, you know what? It's not true that God will give what's best for you. You know what? There's probably no God. Or even if there is a God, he doesn't care. That's why bad things happen. God doesn't care. God doesn't love you. You're on your own. And that's not true either. That's an overly simplistic explanation. And what we see in this text is that God captures his relationship with us. And explaining to us that it's not that simple. 
It's not as simple as, I love you, therefore I give you everything you want, or you didn't get everything you want, therefore I don't love you. Hindi. I do love you. But it's a much more personal, it's a much more intense kind of relationship than just simple wish fulfillment. It's, just, it's a much more intense relationship than just simple uh, uh, abandonment. And we're going to see that what we have with God is what we call a covenant relationship. A strong, till death do us part, and even beyond that relationship, it's a covenant. And he says it here in verse 4, because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. He's talking about his love. And he gives these reasons and he gives these descriptions for what this loving covenant relationship is like. And the first one is, I created you. I love you, I created you. And that is what gives us courage. He says in verse 1, Now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel. How does this help us fight fear? Because it's really a very simple question. Why are we here? Why are you going through what you're going through? Why are you enduring what you're enduring? There's only really two possibilities for explanations for this. Either there's no reason, there's no reason, malas ka lang, or suerte ka lang, suerte ka lang kung guapo ka, malas ka kung hindi ka kasing guapo, or malas ka lang. There's no reason. Life is an accident. You are an, an uh, what is it, uh, accidental collocation of atoms, as people have said, that, that by some random chance gained consciousness and now asks, why am I here? The fact that you're asking why you're here is a ridiculous notion. There is no answer. You are a fool for even asking it. You should be content with no explanation. That's one possible answer. There's no reason. Or there is a reason. There is a reason. And that reason is because there is a God who made you. And you have a purpose in this earth. You know, one of my uh, favorite movies, uh, my wife and I like this because we're both fascinated by good writing. Um, it's a little old, but I think you can still find this now since you know we're stuck at home, most of us anyway. Uh, Stranger Than Fiction came out in 2006, uh, starring Will Ferrell. No, not that kind of Will Ferrell movie. It's actually very intelligent uh, and thoughtful and meaningful. And the story of Stranger Than Fiction is there is a person, Will Ferrell's character, who wakes up, and every time when he wakes up, he can hear a narrator describing everything he's doing. He's brushing his teeth, and he hears a narrator. Uh, he began brushing his teeth, and he's like, who is, who is narrating my life? And he begins to realize this is fantasy comedy movie where there is a woman who is writing a novel and it just so happens that the novel she's writing is the story of his life. You have to go watch it. And uh, the whole time this is happening to him, he just has one question. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? What does this explain? Is this random chance? Is this, or is there a person behind this? And if there is a person behind this, what are these per what is this person's intentions? And this is hilarious part where he's trying to figure out, is my life story a tragedy or is it a comedy? And so he begins going around to different people trying to ask, did I make you laugh or did I make you cry? Because if I made you laugh, then maybe this is a comedy. If I made you cry, then maybe this is a tragedy. I love that. It's a, it's a funny movie. It's worth watching. But it makes you think about, what life is like 
Is there someone writing it? Is there someone behind everything? Or does everything that happened to you, to me, is it just random chance? Because if it's just random chance, then there's no purpose. Then there's no meaning. Then there's no value. You're here now, and one day you will not be here, and it doesn't matter, ultimately. But that's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is that in the middle of this outcry, in chapter 43, verse 1 starts with, but this is what God says. Why did he say but? Because before this was Isaiah 42, where it was talking about the people of God who had failed in the work God had called them to do, and they were saying, we're abandoned, there's no purpose in our life. But verse chapter 43, but God says, no, I created you. I formed you. Because that is true, your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. Your life has value. Some of you are wondering, Lord, why was I born at this time? Why am I going to college at this time of the pandemic? Why did I get married at this time? Why, is, why did we give birth at this time? And all these questions, you know what? I don't know the answer right now. But because we know God created and formed us, that this is not an accident. This is not a waste to be alive at this time. I created you, God says. That is the basis of his covenant relationship with us. But he moves from that to something else. Verse 1 again. Now says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I have redeemed you. First things first, God says, I've created you. That's the level of relationship I have with you. Do you know I want you to be on this earth? Do you know I have a reason for putting you here? I have a reason for putting in the family in this nation, for giving you that nose, that scalp, that hairstyle or whatever. There's a reason. I created you. I formed you. But it goes beyond that. He says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. What does redeemed mean? See, yes, we were made by God. We are made in His image. But what sin does is it, it messes us up. It messed the whole thing up. And because we fail to do good, like, you know, the, in, like Isaiah 42 describes, we fail to do the things of God, sin has taken over. And see, sin is more than just doing bad things, saying bad words, thinking bad thoughts. Sin has a sense of ownership of claiming you, of saying this is who you are now. In fact, the Bible describes sin as being like a slave, to being bound by it. It's so much a part of us that we just think this is who we are now. How many times do we talk about sin and the effects of sin in our lives as if it's an essential part of our identity? How many times do we use words or language or descriptions na ganito talaga ako eh. Wala naman akong choice eh. Actually, matagal na kaming ganito. Buong pamilya ko ganito. We talk about our bad habits that way, right? Sorry, sorry. Eh, sorry, nasaktan kita. Ganyan talaga akong magsalita eh. That's really how I am. That's really how things are here. I don't have a choice. Without knowing it, we've made peace with our chains. We've made peace with our bonds. Because maybe you've tried to break out of it before and you couldn't. And so we thought, ah, well, I guess this is who I am. We do that with our thought patterns. I'm just really an anxious person. I'm just really that kind of person. I'm just really someone with rage issues. I'm just really someone who's, who's unable to handle these kinds of situations. Who's prone to these kinds of setbacks. 
Sexual sins. I've always lusted with this. I've always thought this way. Mahina talaga ako sa ganito. Or maybe we're people who are defined by our traumas and abuses we've experienced. My wife and I were talking about this book she's reading about how the effects of, of, of trauma and abuse on our physical bodies and how, you know, because God made our bodies as holistic, that we have a mind, we have emotions, we have a spirit, you know, we, we, we have a body. These are all intertwined. And so these effects will, will manifest in the way we remember things. And that's why even small reminders, triggers, people call them, will cause a manifestation. <gasps> our, our, our breathing quickens. Our, our heart rate will race. Why is that? Because of sin. It's become such a strong part of us. We let it define our reality. We let it define our, 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 our finances. Alam mo, magaling talaga ako kumita ng pera, pero hindi talaga ako magaling mag, mag-ipon. Lagi ako naubusan. We let it define our, our marriage. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we, we loved each other. We still do, I guess. But ganyan na talaga eh. I mean, lagi na lang kasi siyang ganito. Lagi siyang ganyan. Lagi akong ganito. Lagi akong ganyan. We let it define our sibling relationships. Our, maybe our perception with the church. See, sin has a way of convincing us that it's an essential part of your life. You don't have a choice. Eto ka na. Wala na, ta- wala na pagkakaiba. This is who you are. This is it. This is you now. You belong here. It owns you. And that's where redemption comes in. Where God says, no, sin doesn't own you. I own you. I bought you. Where we say, no, no, no. And it's not just some kind of positive thinking claim. No, it has receipts. I love that expression on the internet now. Where people claim, okay, you make all these claims. Show me, where's the receipt? Well, here's the receipt. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it says, In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. This is why the blood of Jesus is such a precious, precious concept in our faith. It's because it's the receipt. It's the sign that because He died, His blood was poured out for me. He, let, he gave Himself up for sin so that I could be set free. The effect is, Sin doesn't own me anymore. Sin doesn't own you at all. It doesn't own any part of you. And maybe you're not a believer today. And you're wondering, is that possible for me? I don't even know who I would be apart from this bad habit. I don't even know who I would be apart from this issue. Well, we're about to find out. If you put your faith in Jesus and you say, Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord. I repent. I want your life for me. You're going to have it. And would love to tell you all about that. If you are a believer, guess what we're supposed to do? Apply that blood of Jesus to every area of our life. To your mind, to your body. To your, some, of, some of us are, are not feeling well right now. Lord Jesus, by your blood has been poured out for me. I have been redeemed. My body does not belong to sin. 
I will not experience the consequences of this sin. Lord Jesus, by the blood that you have poured out for me, my mind does not belong to this. My relationships, my marriage, Lord, my finances, you have redeemed all of me. And now all of me is for you. You've been redeemed. You've been bought. You're valuable. Look at that verse again, verse 4. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in exchange for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Do you know how valuable something is? It's the price people are willing to pay for it. It's how much someone is willing to pay for that thing. And you and I, someone was willing to pay the highest price. I like the message version of this. It says, message version of Isaiah 43. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior, I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade creation just for you. Just for you. And you know what? God took this verse a step further. It wasn't just creation or Egypt. He gave himself. He sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. And this gives us courage because as Romans 8.28 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Are you afraid now of the future? Are you afraid that, how do I know I have enough, that I'll make it? You know how you know? Because God was willing to send Jesus for our sins. So if he's willing to send him for that, then we can be sure he will take care of everything else. This is why we can have courage in this text. Number one, because God created us. We are not accidents in the universe. God created us. Secondly, we are not lost to and owned by our sin. God has redeemed us. And finally, I created you. I redeemed you. Lastly, I am with you. Isaiah 43 verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will, shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. 43 verse 5, fear not, for I am with you. I love this. God promises to be with us. But before we get to that promise, I had a question while reading this. Look at verse 2 again. When you pass through the waters and through the rivers and walk through fire, and the flame shall not consume me. Wait a minute, Lord, well, why is your promise that you will be with me? Why does there need to be any water or any fire at all? Because I love you, you will not pass through the water. You will not pass through the fire. Because I love you, I'll, you'll fly over all of this. And I'm, I'm being exaggerated, but, but that's a valid question. And I'm sure you've answered that. You've asked that question, haven't you? Lord, if you really love me, I shouldn't have suffered that loss. I shouldn't be sick right now. I shouldn't have lost all that. I, you should have spared me from these things. Lord, if, if you really loved me, why did you let me go through so much pain? And I don't know the answer. I don't. 
And I've asked that question myself. I've asked that question about things in my life and other people's lives. You know, very often people will ask pastors this, you know, like, and I, and I said, I, I don't know. But one thing I do know, it's not because he doesn't love you. And one thing I am grateful for is that even in the midst of it, he stays close. He is near. He is with us in the water. He is with us in the fire. And here's the question I have for us now. What would we prefer in this life? To be out of the fire, but without Jesus? Or to be in the fire with Jesus? It's a good question. Ask yourself. Would I rather be out of this pandemic, but without Jesus? Or in this pandemic? As terrible, as frightening, as tragic, as difficult as this has been but with Jesus. See, when we know that Jesus is with us, this gives us the courage to go through the process. See, God was telling the people of Israel, you're, you're about to go through some really difficult times. The waters, the flood, the rivers, the fire, the furnace, but, but don't worry, I will be with you. And sometimes for us, because of this Pain avoidance, which is only natural. We want to avoid the pains. We want to shortcut the process. Iwas na tayo dyan. Ayoko na nito. We don't want to fight even sometimes. Sige, talo na ako. Kunin mo na lahat. Kaysa lumaban pa, tapos mabigo lang. But now I pray that God is giving you the courage to fight on. To keep on going because He is with you. To go through the process, to endure this pandemic. To go through the promise to, to reach out and have that difficult conversation with that family member or friend. I was talking to one of our church members, uh, what is it now, last week. And he was recounting to me the need to have a difficult conversation with one of his family members. And he said, Pastor, pray mo po ako. And I said, yeah, gladly, I'll pray for you. And you know what? He was, at first, he was concerned about his own temper, about the words he might say. But with the assurance that the Holy Spirit would be with him, he had the courage to have that conversation. And it produced reconciliation and understanding. God is with you in that difficult conversation. To go to work and to trust God to provide. Go through the process. He is with you. To go home. And maybe you have a missing family member there because they passed away because of COVID. God is with you. To fight, even for peace of mind and for mental health, God is with you. I want to share this uh, this quote from my wife's Instagram. I've alluded to this a number of times in the services. And uh, just recently, we recorded an episode for her vlog where she recounts in detail uh, the recent battles for her mental health that, that, um, that she's had to go through and we've all had to endure with her. It was a compound set of things postpartum from uh, depression, from the birth of our son, the loss of her dad, 
uh, less than supportive husband often. <laughs> and yet, I'm just grateful that despite all of it, God never left. And here's something she, she said, and I, and I find it very applicable to this text. It said, she said, hope has for me become sort of hu- some sort of humility to defer finality. It was as simple as, if God still gives breath, then I breathe. Did I want to keep breathing? Maybe not. But it was the humility to admit the breath was not my choice to have. And so maybe not my choice to stop. And I love that humility where she says, it wasn't my choice to have. God created me. God formed me. God redeemed me. It's not my choice to get out of this process. To live this life and to walk with Him is an essential part of the process. And I love how she said, it's the humility to defer finality. The humility to defer finality. Finality is saying, wala na, tapos na, wala na pag-asa. But the humility to say, God's not yet done, that is hope. To say, I, I don't know how much longer it's going to be. I don't know how much tougher it's going to be. I don't know if the next election is going to be great for the country or bad for the country. But one thing's for sure, God's not done with this country. I don't know how much longer the pandemic is going to be. But one thing's for sure, God is with me in this pandemic. And some of us, that's what we need to go through it. Yes, there will be miraculous deliverances. Yes, there will be times that we'll pray and it'll be gone, it'll be over, and we'll be so happy and we'll celebrate, but there will also be times that we're just going to go through it. And the assurance is that God is with you. God is with us in the flood and in the fire. You know, this verse would literally come true. Uh, in the story of Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And many of us know this. And it was a time when the king of Babylon threatened that if they did not worship him, his statue, that he would have uh, anyone who disobeyed thrown into a furnace. So everybody bowed down to this statue, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided they would not because they would honor God alone. And they said in uh, Daniel 3, verse 17, the king said, don't you know I have the power to throw you into the furnace? He said, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. This is them saying, I don't want to be out of the fire with you. I'd rather be in the fire with him. He throws them into the fire. But then he's amazed as he looks at it. He looks inside and he says, I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. I just love that picture. Where from the outside... It looks like they should be suffering. They should be on fire, but they're walking around, they're unhurt. And it's because God himself, the son of the gods, Jesus is there with them. What are you going through now? How hard, how difficult is it? Let's pray that God will open our eyes to see that he is near us, he is with us. 
And because of that, it'll even be a testimony to the world around us. Look at this testimony. He called them back out. He said, come out. What's, what, what's wrong with you guys? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out. Verse 27. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads were not, was not singed. Their cloaks were not harmed and no smell of fire had come upon them. I'm going to pray that for us now. Yes, we're going through a difficult time. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But first of all, that we would take courage in the fact that God is with us. And secondly, when we come out of it, we will find that as this verse, that the fire had no power over us at all. You know, tragedy, difficult situations, challenges, people respond to it in different ways. Some of us, it makes us bitter, makes us angry, makes us selfish, makes us proud. I pray that's not going to be the effect on us. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no smell of fire on them. That our faith in God will just come out stronger through this fire we're in. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us, for creating us, for redeeming us, and for being with us. Lord, I pray today for all of us that we will remember that in everything we're going through. Even as the, the, the angel said that your name, you would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And you yourself said that when you left, when you went back to heaven, you would send the Holy Spirit to be with us. God with us every day. God with us at home. God with us on our Zoom call. God with us when we go out of the house. Lord, I thank you that you are with us. I pray for those of us today, Lord, who are beat up, who are weary, who are discouraged, who feel like that nothing's going on. Lord, I thank you that all of what we're going through has a purpose, has a plan, because you are with us. And I pray that courage will rise up in your people today. Courage to go through the process. Courage to take the next step forward. Courage to obey. Courage to love others. Courage to forgive. Courage to reconcile. Because you are with us. Lord, I pray for anybody right now who maybe is not yet a follower of Jesus. That they would know that you died to set them free from their sins. And we ask that faith will rise up in their hearts to say, Lord, I want to be with you. I don't want this sin anymore. I don't want this old life. I don't want these old habits. I want what you want for me. And finally, Lord, I pray for us that you will help us to um, be like you, Lord, to other people as well. To extend this nearness, this God with usness to other people. Even now as I'm praying, Lord, I pray you'll drop people in our minds, Lord. Friends, family, people from this church maybe who, who maybe have, uh, we, we've lost contact with or, 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 or family members that you're bringing to mind right now that you're calling us to reach out to, to, say, to check up on. And that we can be that expression of God's nearness to them as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, take courage. God loves you. 
And we know this because He created us. He redeemed us. And He is with us right now with what we're going through. All right, let's receive the blessing of God for this week ahead as well. Lord Jesus, thank you for this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join a victory group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us, discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.